I'm not doing a second baptism in case they got it wrong. Don't worry, it isn't going to happen again. I'm just, there's something happening later. Uh, good morning! Three people are awake, that's lovely. Um, uh, my name is Andrew, good to be with you this morning. I'm a member of the church here. and just going to spend a little bit of time kind of opening up and trying to help us understand those readings we've just heard. Uh, Tom, on your flashy little thing that makes you look like a waiter in Nando's, could you um, order us all chicken uh, wings and um, put that Ephesians reading up? Thank you. Um, excellent. Let us pray before we start reading. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this gift of baptism and for Holly, Amelia and Esther who have been baptised. And we thank you for your word that speaks to us. And we ask now that you would uh, speak to us afresh, uh, build us up and uh, help us to become the people you want us to be. Amen. Uh, and this is great. What a great day to, uh, to be preaching on a, a nice, sunny, warm day. That's always good. On a day of baptisms. How exciting is that? That's really exciting. Let's give them another round of applause because that's really exciting. Wherever you are. And also, uh, this is pretty much my most favourite passage in the Bible. You're probably not supposed to have favourites, but this is my favourite. So it's always good uh, to be able to do, speak about this passage. And, um, and part of the reason I love this is because this is written by this guy, Paul. Um, and I can relate to Paul because at times he just gets carried away and just goes over the top and exaggerates and just kind of goes completely over the top. I understand uh, I can sometimes do that. Um, so I love it. And this passage is one of those where he kind of just can't quite keep it all in and keep it together. He gets really excited talking about the love of God. And he piles on all these kind of adjectives and these extra kind of uh, things he wants to keep on kind of e emphasizing these points. And uh, it can seem quite daunting to read this passage at the start because he uses all sorts of kind of kind of asides and kind of bits in brackets and other things. So I'm just going to slightly unpack it for you. The first little bit at the top there is quite simple. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So there's a prayer for all of us, but particularly for those who have just been baptised. Paul prays that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. May you be filled with the Holy Spirit. We heard a little bit about that earlier from Holly, but may that become true. And having said that, he then goes on to this rather complicated sentence. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, and on he goes, I'm going to take out the sub-clauses just to help you understand, because actually it's quite a short sentence when you take out all the extra bits. What he actually says is, and I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God, the love of Christ. That's a bit simpler, isn't it? He adds in these bit of through this and with these, what he's saying is, may you have the power to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. And what I think is, there's lots of amazing things about this verse. But one of them that's amazing is, what he doesn't say is, may you have the power to do good things so that God will love you. What he's saying is, may you grasp how much God loves you because God already loves you. He loved uh, Holly, Amelia and Esther before you got baptised. He didn't start loving you as you got out of the water and then go, oh, now you're good people. No, 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 he already loved you. The prayer is, will you grasp that? That's the big thing about this verse, is saying God loves you amazingly. The trouble is we struggle to grasp just how much that love is there, just how big it is. And his prayer is, is that by being rooted in Christ, by being with other people, 
not that we will become more lovely and, and therefore God will love us more. No, but we will get how much God loves us. And I think that's one of those things that lots of us sometimes struggle to know and feel that we're really loved. And he's going to say, yeah, God loves you massively. Always has done, because it's long, this love. Always will do. Wherever you go, whatever you achieve, God will always love you. It's like he wakes up every morning, and after you've gone up, you're there, and he looks down at each one of us and goes, I did well, didn't I? That's a good creation. I did well. So every morning, know that God looks at you and goes, I did well, didn't I? There's a good creation. That's what he thinks of you every morning. Always has done. Always will do. And that's what Paul is really wanting these people to get to grips with here. That this love has always been there. This love is this big. And it's always there. We don't earn it. We don't do stuff to make us kind of better. God just loves us and will go on loving us. Whatever you get up to in your lives, particularly those who you've just got baptised, this is kind of mainly for you really, the others are just listening in. Um, whatever you go on to do in your life, however kind of amazing it feels, whether you become a doctor or a teacher or a cleaner or a prime minister, please, please, because <laughs> it would help, um, God will still love you. God will still love you. And this well, having kind of said that, because I said Paul kind of piles on all sorts of things, because he could have just said, uh, and may you, I pray that you uh, may know that God loves you. And we'd go, well, that's nice, isn't it? May you know God loves you. That'd be lovely. But what he says is, may you uh, have the power to know that. He knows that this is really hard to really grasp, to know this, this love of Christ um, and uh, that surpasses knowledge. It's not just a kind of head thing. We go, oh, yeah. That funny bloke in church told me God loves me. I know that now. Tick the box. Done that. Thank you. This is an emotional response. Can we really grasp this? It surpasses knowledge. It's so overwhelming that to really get this is too much. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He could just said, so that you may know God loves you. Or you may be filled with God's love. But he kind of piles on these adjectives. And, uh, and that's why I've got a little bowl here. To show you, I think, what he was trying to get at. And a glass. This glass is you, okay? This is you, kind of see-through and kind of therefore clear and pure and holy. Some of you, anyway. Okay, um, and this is God. So we kind of, kind of fill with God's love, okay? So we go, we'll, fill, we'll fill the glass up. So if I'm having a full glass of drink at home, I would go, there, there's my full glass of drink. So I'm now filled with the love of God. That's a full drink. And he goes, no, 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 filled to the measure. No half measures, thank you very much. Those of you who buy drinks in certain places, you know there's a little line for the measure. And you want it up to the line, don't you want a measure? So we'll have a full measure. There we go. We're now filled to the measure. Look at that. Full up. Isn't that amazing? Full of God's love. Because no, 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 no. Full to the measure of the fullness. And this is what happens then. Because this is being fooled to the measure of the fullness. This is what happens. Really, I should have a hose and just leave it here all day, but this is the biggest joke I could find. Because this is being filled to the measure of the fullness. And you see how much it just keeps on going. But can you see what else is happening here? Is that the glass is constantly full, but the glass doesn't get bigger. 
as if I'm now more loved by God than the rest of you because, look, I've got really big because of all this love because I'm more lovely than you. That isn't what happens. The glass isn't any more lovely now than it was at the start. It was just full of God's love. But this being full to the measure of the fullness meant that what was happening, all that God's love, water stuff, spilled out. It went elsewhere. It didn't just stay in the glass and the glass get big and full and go, look at me. It spilled out. And that's part of what Paul's trying to get us to grasp, is that when we're filled to the measure of the fullness, it flows out of us to other people. We also become loving people. You know, when Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? He didn't say, obey this or sacrifice that or wear this. He said, love God, love your neighbor. That was the first word he used in response. Love. Love. But this love should spill out from us. It's not something that we keep up and go, hey, I'm loved, I'm special, you're not. It should just flow out of us. But because it flows out like that water does, loving other people doesn't need to become a set of commands or how do I do this, have I got a guidebook? It should just be part of who we are. We should just be loving people who care for one another, who love each other. That's just who we are when we've really grasped that we're filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And that's Paul's prayer that we would know that and that this would kind of flow out from us. And we start to say, well, what does that look like in kind of daily life? And, and there's another little verse that I like this verse because this has simple words that we can all understand. So Paul, uh, Paul defined love in this way in another place. He says, love is patient, kind, not envious, never boastful, keeps no score of wrong. Not complicated. So, Amelia Esther Holly, if you're ever sat in a youth group session or through a sermon here and you think, what on earth is that bloke going on about? Or woman going on about? Because I can't make head or tail of it. Just remember this. God loves you. Go and be kind. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much what Christ calls us to do. Know that God loves you. Go and be kind. Most of the rest of all the theology books I've got at home are basically trying to unpack those two things and work out what it means. That's what trying to do. What does it mean that God loves us? How do we show love to other people in different situations? Pretty much a lot of theology books I've got are just trying to unpack that. So if you forget everything else from today, apart from the baptism and the barbecue and all the stuff, if you forget anything else from what I say, remember, God loves you, go and be kind. And you're basically there as a follower of Jesus. That's it. It's all fairly straightforward. So Paul wants us to know, and to do this together. He says this thing about, uh, and you may be fooled, um, uh, uh, right at the start of that, uh, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. That's this bunch here. And all the other Christians around the world. When you get baptised, you join this kind of crazy, weird bunch of kind of Christians. There's about two billion of us around the world. Um, and you're part of this kind of family that's creative and vibrant and radical and bonkers and a bit irritating. And some people dress up in funny clothes and some people dress up in really cool clothes. And all sorts of different things happen, but we're all part of one family. And he says to us, do this together. Grasp this together. And that is something I would urge for you as you go forward in life. Keep on staying connected with other Christians. Because whilst sometimes they can drive us all a bit bonkers, actually together we know how much God loves us. Together we work out what it means to be kind. And together we carry on this fire of God's love. And for any of you, if you're barbecue fanatics like me, uh, with your charcoal, you'll know that if a bit of charcoal rolls out the side, it's frustrating because that's just going to get cold now. 
You want it back in the pile with all the other charcoal because then it will stay warm. And Paul's saying that's a bit like that for us. Stay connected with other Christians, whether it's here or when you go off to university or whether you go off and live on the other side of the world or if you become an astronaut and go into space, whatever you do, um, find some other Christians to be connected with. Stay connected, and that's for all of us. And then just a couple of things as I finish, uh, a couple of other quick points. Um, that last little bit, I love this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God wants to do amazing things through each of us, particularly our three baptism candidates today. He wants to do amazing things through us as you kind of go through life and whatever you end up doing, he wants to do amazing things through you to the people around you. Whether you stay living around here and you bring up a family, amazing. Whether you go off and discover a new country, that would be amazing, but hey, um, whatever you do, God wants to do amazing things through you. But he also wants to do amazing things in you. He wants to do things that we haven't yet imagined about the kind of people we can become. And sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, but some of us um, realize that we're not 100% perfect. 98, maybe, in some of us. Um, but there may be a little bit. And some of the families may be thinking, uh, wonderful young ladies, not entirely perfect, but wonderful young ladies. I'm sure you're so nearly perfect. Yeah, but, um, but God, you know... There's two ways to kind of really change something, aren't there? And particularly if you think about a stone that's got something precious inside, there's two ways of getting into that and really changing it. One is to get some dynamite and blow the thing apart. The other thing is to throw it in a stream and just wait a long time because the water will wear it down nice and gently. And because God loves us, he doesn't often do the dynamite thing on us. He doesn't often make such a big rupture in our lives because that can be quite painful. For some people, he does. But for most people, in my experience, he gently rubs away. He gently transforms us because that's how he shows his love for us. I'm going to gently soften the edges. I'm going to gently make you more like me. So you will become more Christ-like people. You will grow. You will grasp this stuff. But be patient because God's being patient with you. He's doing it gently like a pebble in a stream. And finally, there's this weird bit. Can we just flick on to the next one on your menu pad? Um, uh, and it's this weird as a prisoner of the Lord. That's a very odd word in our language, isn't it? That sounds like I, I'm here against my will. I'm locked up. I, yeah. I think what Paul's saying is, I've chosen to be so closely bound to you, Jesus, I'm like your prisoner, but that's my choice. This has got no suggestion of being held against your will or anything, in case you're thinking that. Paul's using this imagery as a kind of, I've chosen to be bound so closely to you, I'm like a prisoner. I'm that closely bound and that tightly held to you. And he was a prisoner at the time. And he was a prisoner of the Lord. And he was a prisoner of the Lord. But uh, someone read the Bible. Well done, Tom. Um, <laughs> But I don't want you to hear that word and think, but I don't want to be a prisoner of the Lord. I'm, I'm a free person. But there is that image of being bound closely with Jesus. And I urge you to live a life uh, worthy of the calling you've received and to kind of keep focused on that calling. And Jesus, when he called his disciples, Jesus gave a very simple calling to any of his disciples, including us. Jesus called, used two words when he called his disciples. He said, follow me. That's it. Follow me. So whatever you do, just keep following Jesus. And if ever you're not sure what to do, go back again. Look at the Gospels. How did Jesus treat people? How did Jesus speak? What did Jesus do? Look at the way he cared for the poor. He cared for the people a bit left out. He sat with the rich and powerful, but he challenged them. 
He kind of he looked after people. He prayed. He also sometimes took a nap in the afternoon. So those of us of a certain age, you're okay. Um, but follow Jesus. Look at his example. And if ever you're in a church and you hear someone saying something with Christians, you think, I'm not sure. Go back and see whether you think it lines up with what Jesus said. And if you're not sure, follow what Jesus said. The others can work it all out. So follow Jesus. So those are my three little things for you. Know that love of God. Grasp that love of God, that overwhelming love, and keep on discovering that day by day. Let that love flow out of you. Be kind. And continue as you've started today. And those of us who've continued to be a follower of Jesus. Amen.